Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. everybody and welcome along to our Super Saturday coverage from WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, which will culminate in the Michelin Pilot Challenger two-hour contest at the end of today. But that is what's uh, getting on for uh, seven hours away before we kick that one off this evening. And between now and then, we've got a full day of action from one of the most picturesque courses, road courses anywhere in the world. It's IMSA Radio. We'll be joined by IMSA TV for some of the sessions today. We'll give you all the details of that. Shay Adam in the pit lane, Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindorf, in the Global Broadcast Centre. It's time to go live as we kick off a fabulous day of racing live on IMSA Radio. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. And let's head straight to the pit lane, which is bathed in the sunshine. 73 uh, Fahrenheit on the track, 55 in the air. That's 13 Celsius in the air and 23 on the track. Shay Adam is there for us with some stories to catch up on from yesterday, Shay. For those that weren't with us yesterday, quite a big incident for Sebastian Bordet and the 0-1 Cadillac, which is pulling up at its pit box as I speak. And did you hear that nice little rumble of the Cadillac in the background? Because that was Ranger Vandesander bringing it out from behind the wall. This car still with a little bit of time to go before it will take to the racetrack because this is the split practice session. The first 15 minutes reserved for LMP2 and GTD cars only. But Ranger's already behind the wheel. He is at this place that he loves so dearly. WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, very kind Ranger. Two wins in the past, looking to try and get all of this bad luck that the team has had out of the way. It was quite severe damage to the right side of this car, but I'm happy to report it has been fully repaired. The crew working very hard from Cadillac Chip Ganassi Racing, and it is all better. So let me see if perhaps I can scramble over the wall and have a quick chat with uh, Sebastian Bordet, because I do see that he is in the box. So uh, it would be good to hear from Seb. Let me, <coughs> there we go. Sorry, I just had to jump over the wall there. Good morning, Seb, how are you? Yeah, doing okay, you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Now you've gotten all the bad luck out of the way, right, for the entire year. So looking forward to racing here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, why is Cadillac going to be the strongest car to have? Uh, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Obviously, uh, kind of shot ourselves in the foot yesterday was my mistake. Uh, it's obviously tricky cars in uh, brake release and with the hybrid systems and things. But, uh, yeah, just felt, again, like somebody uh, picked up the handbrake on me a bit. So, uh yeah, it, it's not good for the confidence, it's not good for the team, it's not good for the spare parts uh, amount because we're running low, but uh, yeah, the guys uh, did a great job, put everything back together and uh, ready to go, so 
Hopefully, hopefully it's a sunny day and uh, things start to uh, shine on us a bit. It does feel like that with the sun coming in on us right now. Uh, was it a similar incident to what happened at Long Beach or completely different? I wouldn't say it's a similar thing, but it, it's it's definitely the kind of things that you would not have had to deal with, with you know, regular mechanical braking systems. So uh, I've done this for 25 years now and I've never lost cars like that with real locks uh, that way. So yeah, it, it is frustrating, but it's the same for everybody and uh, you know, I, I just want to be better, that's all. So is it a break by wire issue? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the hybrid system's got you know quite a bit of power, uh, and then at, at low brake pressures or low grip uh, scenarios, it's really easy to get um, the system to overpower what the wheels got uh, available in grip, and uh, yeah, I got caught out. So time to stop. Well, the good news is you're getting all this bad luck out of the way, and the next big race after this one, being the 24 Hours of Le Mans, would you trade all this bad luck just for an overall win? <laughs> well, I mean. If we're through, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully all done. Seb, good luck this weekend. Really hope that you and uh, Renger can get back on the podium. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and that wasn't the only car that a good, good job, Shea, getting over the wall and getting Sebastian there, by the way. Uh, that wasn't the only car that had problems, Shea, yesterday. Let's catch up on that. You pr probably hear we've got cars out on track. Yeah, it's going to take a minute for them to cycle around and put in some uh, decent lap time. So I'll start off with the car that I'm next to right now, which is uh, just one pit box down from that 0-1 machine. That would be the 27, Heart of Racing Aston Martin. You might have noticed that they didn't turn very many laps. Well, actually, they did turn a lot of laps. They just had an issue with their transponder. And the frustrating thing, it came from a faulty wire. They don't have spares of that, unfortunately. They have a lot of spares for the Aston Martin. But that wire was plaguing them, so it's something that they're going to keep an eye on through the entirety of this race meeting. But the good news is the car was able to go out and turn a lot of laps, get some useful running. There weren't very many happy faces after the session, though, to be perfectly honest, John. And then another car which had a lot of issues during the meeting, that would be the 51. Rickware Racing has been running that car all year long. Well, the management has been handed over, if you will. It's now Dragon Speed. Elton Julian's organization in charge of that car. They only received the car a couple of days before putting it on the truck and turning it around to come out here to WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. They changed almost everything on the car after it had a rough incident at the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. One thing they did not change was the steering rack. Rick Lux took the car out of the pit lane and said, ah, yes. I think we need to change this too. So Elton Julian's crew went back behind the wall and they did change it, but it meant that Juan Pablo Montoya didn't get very many laps in yesterday's running. So he's looking to set that right, right now, since they're out on track. Uh, two spinners to talk about. Ben Keating just getting a little over ambitious with the throttle pedal coming out of the final corner, turn 11, and getting a half spin in the wins 52 LMP2 car. John Ferrano in Town Motorsports Black and Orange number eight. Oric uh, uh, also having a little off track moment. That car again uh, is back in the right direction. Anything else to catch up on, Shea, before we head for some more interviews? Yes, we have some driver changes that are pretty relevant. Uh, as far as we are concerned, AO Racing is running not PJ Hyatt with Seprio this weekend, but Gunnar Jeanette filling in for PJ as he recovers with full focus on making his debut at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And for the number 92, Kelly Moss with Riley Porsche, it's been a musical chair for the second seat so far this year, it's fair to say. 
Jillian Anlauer has slotted in alongside Alec Udell. The last time they drove together was at the 12 Hours of Sebring. They finished third. Jillian making his debut at this racetrack this weekend. And we have the 94 making its debut. This is Andretti Autosport. They run a different number because numbers are assigned to each car at the beginning of the year. So normally we would see them in the 36. The 36 does still exist. That is their LMP3 car, which we will see them in once again at the Salem Six Hours at the Glen. But for this weekend, making their debut in an Aston Martin. And we also welcome back another Aston Martin. That would be Magnus Racing. They are doing a Mother's Day special to run here this weekend. So the number 44 is back on the track. Now, there was another car that had some issues yesterday, John. That would be the number three Corvette. I think that also was a transponder issue, but I will follow up with that. Their drivers, not yet present at their pit box. So uh, I'll let you know when I find one. Thank you, Shea. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Uh, and a very, very big thank you to all of our IMSA, NASCAR Productions and BSI technical crew for working very late uh, into the evening yesterday uh, to uh, knock a few gremlins out of the connections between uh, us and Shea and Shea and the rest of the world. So thank you very much indeed to all concerned at the end of what had been already a busy day yesterday. Your hard work, ladies and gentlemen, was much appreciated. And as you heard there, Shay sounding like she's standing right next to us, which is brilliant. Jeremy Shaw, good morning to you. Uh, some answers to some of the questions there. Sterling effort uh, from the guys at at uh, Cadillac, the 0-1 Chip Ganassi car to get that car uh, out on uh, out on the circuit. An interesting chat with Sebastian Borde there about the, the vagaries of these new electronic retardation events rather than good old friction brakes. Absolutely right, John. Uh, good morning to to, uh, to Shay. Good morning to everybody at uh, WeatherTech Raceway Lagoon and Sake. What a fabulous place to go racing this is. Uh, yeah, great questions, Shay, uh, and super answers there from Sebastian. Uh, it can be a miserable burger, burger sometimes, but uh, great answers there, Seb. Thanks so much for that. Uh, and, you know, he, he brings together, brings a really, really good point about the vagaries of this brake-by-wire system. You know, he's still getting used to it. Uh, um, as much experience as he has and as many habits as he's formed over the many, many years of super successful driving uh, uh, using regular braking systems, these are different, and particularly with the hybrid, not just the brake-by-wire, but the, the hybrid as well. It just uh, brings completely different forces into play. And those, you know, he, he admitted there, they've caught him out now twice. Um, and uh, it just shows how difficult these cars are to drive. And we've heard since the beginning of the season, Michelin this year has brought some harder tires, more durable tires than in the past. And they are difficult enough to get up to optimal working pressures and temperatures without having the problems that the hybrid systems uh, bring uh, to, to exacerbate the problems that the drivers have so you know that's why we're seeing these problems and it's very very interesting great answers there as I say from Sebastian Bourdais and hats off to him for, for putting his hand up and you know as you say John good work by that Ganassi team of course we expect nothing uh, other than that with this Cadillac racing team to get that car back out on track again this morning and the good news is they have an extra 15 minutes while the non-pro teams get a chance to play on the racetrack for themselves before the pros, the GTD pros and the GTPs join them out here at WeatherTech Raceway Lagoon Sega. Yeah, and, and those pro teams 
will get the last 15 minutes of this session. This is the split session that uh, always looks odd on the schedule, but is actually uh, much easier to understand when it's actually running. Uh, so at the moment, let's have a look at some times. Guido van der Garde is the best of the LMP2s with a 118.615. And in GTD, it's Frankie Montecalvo, as so often it has been this 2023 season. And actually last year as well in the number 12 Vasa Sullivan Lexus RCF getting towards the swan song of that GT3 it's the oldest GT3 car uh, in the GTD category now 124.589 uh, 25.9 is the race lap record for GT3 that was the EMG GT4 uh, GT3 excuse me from Daniel Juncadella last year. LMP2 is a bit more of a difficult one because the LMP2 lap record goes back to a different type of LMP2. Jeremy probably has a more up-to-date one than this. I've got a 111-188, which was Adrian Fernandez back in the ERX Acura O1B days. Um, and uh, so that would have been for oh, 2000, maybe? Yeah, I think it was 2000 uh, for that car. Um, but 2008 in actual fact. 2008, yeah. Right yeah. yeah. 111.156 was the, uh, the the race lap record by Adrian Fernandez. The the LMP2 record actually was set last year in the current configuration of cars, which well I say current, they've been detuned a bit this year, haven't they, with the advent of GTP and that that, that new uh, system of car, if you like. Yes. Uh, but the the lap record for LMP2 was set last year by Louis Delatraz at a 116.2. And it was he who set the fastest time yesterday at a 117.8. But he was only two tenths behind the the, uh, the, the least fast of the uh, <laughs> of the GTP cars. That being Sebastian Bourdais, who only did a few laps at the beginning of the session, and he was only a couple of tenths behind the rest of them. So uh, Deltraz again super fast yesterday. But even then, he was only a tenth of a second ahead of both Ryan Deyell for Aero Motorsport and for high-class racing, Ed Jones in that number 20 car. So it's pretty tight in LMP2. I'll go through some of the uh, lap records for you um, in a moment, because um, being up very early here as, as we're in the UK, um, ha give me a chance to do a bit more uh, sniffing around this morning before cars came on track. Uh, great flag at the moment. We are still with the non-pro class car. She has made her way down to Corvette Racing and has Ricky Taylor. Corvette pole here again this year? Uh, I'd be very surprised. Uh, last year uh, we weren't very fast over one lap, so BOP compared to last year is pretty similar, so I'd be surprised if our one lap pace is, is that strong, but we seem to come alive a little bit more in the race, the tire deck. It's always a big tire deck track, so I think our car and our history as a team from GTLM, we understand the tire and the tire deck pretty well, so that's kind of what our focus is. We lost a lot of practice time yesterday, so we're kind of on, on the back foot now. But yeah, I think qualifying may end up being a bit of a test session anyway for us. So hopefully we qualify decently and can set us up, uh, us up well for the race. But I think our expectations are more for the race than qualifying. Well, and we know that one lap pace around here does not make a race win. It does transition into better tire wear. How much of a concern is it though for qualifying? I mean, worst you could be is fifth in class, but yeah. it qualifies with GTD too. Yeah, last year I was deep in the, in the back. I, I can't remember where we were, but 
It wasn't great, so yeah, we're, we're racing the guys in our class, but we could get mixed in with a bunch of other guys, and those guys don't like to make it easy for anyone uh, to get around us, even if, if it's not in the same class, so you don't, you can't blame them, they're still in their race, uh, and it's nice to have a buffer sometimes with a different class in between you, so that makes it difficult, but yeah, hopefully we can qualify in a good position. Last Yesterday, Antonio did only a couple laps, and the pace seemed okay. Uh, so hopefully we get some good running and some good changes in this morning. You mentioned missing a lot of time in yesterday's session. What was it that kept you on the sideline? We just had a gearbox issue, so Antonio did like eight laps, and, and that was all we got. So, yeah, we had a long list of items that we wanted to try from the, our simulator test. Uh, so hopefully the simulator works well, and then we can kind of trust trust that. And uh, it's been good to us in the past, so, yeah, we'll see what, see what we have today. And on a personal note for you, you got something pretty cool coming up in the short future. And I say short because short track racing. What's all that about? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I'm doing a late model race next week at North Wilkesboro. Uh, after Coda, I got asked if I'd ever want to try an oval. I was like, why not? Uh, I'm always up for trying something new, a new challenge. And I like driving different race cars and, and learning them. So I drove on two different tracks. One was 14 seconds a lap, and the other one was 16. So it's just a different experience. Uh, it's been fun to drive, much different, obviously. Uh, and I think there's 50 cars entered for the race next week. So I'm just hoping I can qualify and make the race at this point and, and have some fun. Well, hey, have fun here first. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you. Shea Adam down in the pit lane with Ricky Taylor, who had a birthday a couple of days ago, Jeremy. Indeed he did, yeah, his uh, 32nd birthday, happy birthday, that was on on the 10th, when was that, Wednesday, so he's, uh, well, I don't think he's hungover, uh, he's, uh, he, what, a, what a great character is Jordan Taylor, if, if you're not familiar with him on social media, be so, because he's brilliant, has some fabulous uh, postings on there, and uh, I, I know he's looking for, he's a real racer too, he just loves to race anything, anywhere, pretty much any time, and uh, to, 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 Witness him going short track race. I think it'd be really quite good fun. He'll certainly enjoy it. Uh, he'll probably get bullied around a little bit. He's kind of used to that after his uh, stock car uh, outing at uh, Circuit of the Americas a little while ago. <laughs> but uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's game for anything. Is Jordan? And uh, interesting to hear that they had to, the gearbox problems yesterday with that Corvette. That car's generally bulletproof, isn't yeah. it? So they'll be looking to bounce back today. It's Jeremy Shaw with me, John Hindoff, Shea Adam, you've heard down in the pit lane. We're in free practice too for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. It's Mortul, Corsa de Monterey, powered by Hyundai this weekend. And any seconds now, in fact, any 23 seconds now, uh, we will get the green flag for the rest of the fields to come out uh, onto this 2.238 mile or 3.6 kilometre circuit just before that happens just by this is absolutely nothing but by way of um, comparison um, looking at some of the the lap times the, the lap record times down here on this circuit down through the years the LMP 900 record is held by Alan McNish that was the 2001 uh, back in uh, 2000, that was a 116.280. Uh, the um, old DPI lap record, um, well, we had a, a mixed class in those days. Um, oh no, that was the one that we talked about, sorry. 
go back to that. The IndyCar lap record is Scott Dixon in 2019, a 112-231 in the DW12. We talked about that Adrian Fernandez stonking lap uh, of a 111-188. That is only one second away from the outright lap record, which was held uh, in 1996 in the Reinhardt by Alex Zanardi. And the LMP1 record is the R10 TDI 2008. Lucas Lur with a 112-126. Amazing for me to look back at some of those older categories, Jeremy. And um, you know, we certainly in the LMP 900 day we looked we look back at that with rose-tinted glasses now. But last year we were we were pretty much three quarters of a second quicker than that uh, in in the DPI. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 15.5 was a race lap record. 39 was a qualifying record set last year by Ricky Taylor. Yeah. The fastest sports car lap around here, I think, though, John, is, is David Brabham, who's on the pole in 2008 with the Acura ARX 01B at a 110.103. That's an average speed of almost 115 miles an hour. Wow. That's remarkable when you consider there's the, the Andretti hairpin, there's the turn 11 hairpin, and the corkscrew as well. <laughs> Just astonishing, isn't it? Uh, yes, it, yes, it certainly is. Great, that, great lap, by the way, there by uh, or now by by Ed Jones in that high-class racing car number twenty-one seventeen point seven six three in the, for the detuned LMP two car. That's faster than Louis Delachaz managed yesterday. Did a seventeen eight nine seven yesterday. So seventeen seven six three for Ed Jones. That is not hanging around. That's fantastic lap by uh, the well the UAE slash Englishman. Of the BMWs, I think it was the 25 car, just warming some tyres. Yes, it was. Uh, it was the BMW of Nick Yellowly then in that case. His teammate Philip Eng is out there as well. A little bit slow on the front strip, was just uh, putting some heat in the tyres. Sheer Adam down in the pit lane has been watching what's been going on. We talked about this briefly yesterday, but I accept that there's new people uh, at the track and indeed tuned into us here as well on this Super Saturday. Um, fairly tight tyre allocation for the uh, for the GTP cars. As a moment or two ago, the wheel and engineering number 31 <laughs> straight on at the top of the corkscrew. Uh, and that, at the moment, just have just gone out. Uh, I think that might have been an outlap of the first flyer for Alexander Sims. Shit, oh, hang on a second, I'll come back to that in a second. The inception number 70, McLaren is off at turn five and has the front wheels in the dirt. I mean, that turn six, Heindorf, sorry. Uh, and still has the rear wheels on the red and white yeah, painted curbs. Might that's get an odd that. place to come to rest. Uh, I'd like to see how he managed to get that there, <laughs> to be honest. The... the uh, uh, yeah, well, it was a complete spin which took him onto the dirt and then rolled backwards. Did a really good job there, actually, yeah. uh, for Brendan Erebe to get his back wheels back onto the, some hard standing. It'll bring out a red flag, but if he can get reverse gear, I think he might be able to pull himself out of that. Shea, sorry, come back to you with the thought about particularly the GTP cars, how tight they are on tyres this weekend and when they can use them. Yeah, and uh, let's just note, we do not have tire warmers in this series, and our uh, 
GTP cars, they <laughs> do pretty well. Um, just, just saying. Uh, we have three sets allocated for qualifying and the race. This is important because for GTP, you can come in and change your tires during your qualifying session. So you may use two sets or I mean, you could use three sets if you really wanted to, but this is a shorter track. They would have an opportunity to actually do that. An interesting concept. Uh, but no, most of the time we just have one qualifying set of tires, but they are allowed three between that 20-minute session and then, of course, the two-hour 45-minute contest. They are allowed six sets of tires over the course of the weekend. So the tires that they're on right now for practice don't come out of their race allocation. As far as GTD Pro and GT D are concerned. They are allowed seven sets of tires. You may use them across the weekend in any session that you wish. You can save six sets for the race if you really wanted to come into a, a ton of uh, qualifying session, or excuse me, a ton of practice sessions. But uh, the interesting thing is that LMP2 this weekend, John, the exact same allocation as GTP, meaning they have six sets to use over the course of the weekend but three as far as practice and the race are concerned. I think they did that at Daytona and Sebring as well. But of course, we're welcoming back LMP2. We haven't seen them since uh, the 12 hours of Sebring in March. And just a quick little nugget for you, something I find very amusing. 13 winners so far this year. Possible, 12 different ones. Only one repeat winner across any of the classes, and that was the Paul Miller Racing BMW taking victory at Long Beach and Sebring. Everybody else has had variety. I really appreciate that. We've talked about the variety in the GTP class, but how about the variety in GTD Pro as well? It's a fair point well made, here. Thank you very much indeed. So Brendan Areeb is being uh, recovered at the moment. Sticker on the dashboard that says hello McLaren fans. Put his right-hand side Michelins over the curb that along with the break-by-wire caught out uh, caught out Seb Bordet yesterday, but he did a far, uh, far less damaging, uh, had a far less damaging uh, incident. He spun it around and then managed to roll, as I say, the rear Michelin's back onto the hard standing. And other than the car being a bit dusty, that dark red and black uh, inception number 70, styled after the old lark, those of us who have long memories the old lark mclaren f1 long tail and i can see where the inspiration uh, came from that it's uh, making its own way back to the pit lane so we'll go green fairly shortly jeremy yeah and sorry you, you, you you've done well if you have a spin there on the exit of turn uh, six and don't hit anything uh, because uh, many many times over the years drivers get over that curb on the exit get onto the dirt uh, and then they overcorrect and the car spears across the track into the inside barriers there. When the, the Skip Barber Racing School ran for many, many years here at uh, so World Tech Raceway Laguna Seca, it's Allenberg Racing School nowadays, but it was uh, Skippy back then. And they had did more damage on that corner than any other track they, they went to uh, around the country. And there's a bunch of tracks, including Lime Rock, which is fairly easy to do some damage. Uh, and uh, uh, some, some years ago now, there was a, uh, a Formula One Ferrari, and of course the Cliente Day that did the same thing and the car sp literally split into yeah. horrific uh, the driver i think was okay remarkably astonishingly but uh, yeah we got away with that one yeah cool craggy i'll say <laughs> but uh Reeb got away with that one and uh, good job to him he, he got on the brakes right away and you know, didn't didn't try and didn't try and save it and, and make another mistake one thing i learned as a pilot when i got my private license 30 odd years ago is if you make one mistake in a plane don't make another one because it'll yeah. probably be uh, consequences would be much greater same with race cars yeah and also don't try to make it all up at the next corner if you're racing you've got to just let that go and get back into the, the
the rhythm. Difficult though it might be. Uh, Shea Adam, yesterday, and we mentioned this earlier on, the number 27 heart of racing, Aston Martin. We, we have a new Aston Martin here. We mentioned, Jeremy mentioned that uh, yesterday as well. That's the, uh, the Andretti racing team, and you've mentioned them uh, as well already. Um, the 27 Heart Racing Aston Martin, they were looking rather concerned about the right front brake disc, brake rotor and pads, and doing a lot of spinning it around. It didn't do a lot of laps yesterday. The sister car is in the pit lane now. Can you tell us anything? And they've got the front wheels off that car. Tell us what's going on. Well, they just put them back on and they sent uh, Ross Gunn back out onto the track, but rather than me speculate about what it could be, let me ask Alex Riberas. Alex, first off, well back to Laguna. This place I know is one that you circle on the calendar, pull and win in 2016 in an Aston. It's got to be a very different experience, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every single time we come here to Laguna Seca, I feel extremely privileged because it's such a fun track. Uh, it's one of the most iconic corners in the world, as everybody knows. And as you mentioned, uh, we did have a very successful um, race back in 2016 with Mario as my teammate we, we basically were on pole and won the race so uh, definitely some good memories and I feel like the Aston is really strong here we just haven't really uh, clicked uh, a full-on execution for an entire weekend uh, in the last two years so uh, I, st I still think that we have a good car for this weekend again we seem to be strong on, on both speed and, and race pace uh, but we just need to continue following the plan, sticking to it, uh, making progress, and then I think we have a good chance. You mentioned the speed, and part of the cool thing about this track is that we get the boards that tell us how fast that you guys are going. When you're going into turn one, how fast are you actually going? Uh, I try to not look at the, <laughs> at the speed in the dash uh, and focus on the corners, and, and you know, these this car, LMP2 cars, yeah, you might want to pay attention to those. <laughs> Yeah. All right, John was asking, you guys have been focusing on the right front brake on both cars. The right front brake has been a focal point. Is there something going on with that on the Aston? Uh, yes, uh, right now, Ross was reporting some uh, weird vibrations on the braking, uh, which uh, he didn't feel very comfortable with. So uh, I think the guys checked it out. So far, we didn't find anything. So let's see if it just gets rid of it itself or if we need to make some adjustments. It was the same problem with the sister car yesterday, and they kept coming in and, and addressing it. Are you guys able to share any information back and forth between the two cars? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this this entire operation is a is a one team operation. We are all like one family, so uh, we we work with everything together with the drivers and and engineers. And I think uh, yesterday they were struggling to get the transponder working, right? So uh, that was their their point yesterday, but. Every time they have an issue and they learn from it, the 23 car also learns from it. So we are able to grow together as a team in a much quicker way than we would if we were uh, more individual in, in our approach. So definitely a good feeling to be part of it. Well, you know how to win here in a blue and gold Heart of Racing car. Just got to know with the Aston Martin badge on the front. Good luck this weekend, Alex. That's right. Let's go get it. Thank you so much. Good to hear Alex uh, back in the... WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca pit lane. Uh, the GTPs have been out for a little while. Hasn't taken Nick Tandy long to get up to a reasonable place. Not a super quick pace. 117.1, Jeremy, ahead of Renga, Van der Zander for Cadillac. Renga um, 
recovering. He wasn't hurt, but he, mentally, I don't know how you recover from the sort of accident he had at, at Spa a couple of weekends ago, coming up the hill. I didn't quite get to Radion from the uh, incident that he had halfway up the hill from Eau Rouge. It was huge. Some kind of steering rack or power steering problem uh, that caused him to uh, have a big off. But he's back out. He's on the track. He's put it behind him, Jeremy. Yeah, he has. And yeah, that's what uh, top-class racing drivers do, isn't it? But you're right. It's, uh, it's awfully difficult, uh, I would suggest, to come back from something like that because... Yeah, again, a frightening accident for, for Renga there, but uh, and, and, and also, you know, of course, with the problems that uh, Sebastian Bourdais has had, uh, both at Long Beach and yesterday as well, that, that'll play on, on Renga's mind for sure. So it's going to be a difficult weekend for both of those two drivers now, but as I say, they're, they're consummate professionals uh, and they're really, really, really well, good at what they do. So it, they'll come back. It, it was an absolute monster uh, incident. He was with the two Ferraris and the car... Either it bottomed out or he hit the kerb. He was talking about it having um, some uh, steering issues. Uh, the car did what it's meant to do. It shed bodywork. It hit the Tech Pro barriers pretty much side on and, and came to rest just over the brow of, of Radion. There was a nice little bow when he got out of the car because of the uh, applause from the new grandstand that's on the top of there. But, I mean, proving... if as if we needed it, just how well these cars are put together. We might have been talking very differently a few years ago uh, with an accident of, of that severity, and the team are saying that, that that chassis is not a write-off. That chassis will be rebuilt as the spare chassis. It's not the Le Mans car. Um, it is the spare Cadillac chassis, and it will be rebuilt to go to Le Mans as the, as the race spare. Crosses the line now, clicks off another lap. Uh, quicker uh, again last time around for Nick Yellerly with a 117 point. Uh, is that 780? I need to sit close to the screen, really, don't I? 798. Bit of a problem at the top of the hill for the TDS racing car number 11. That's Mikkel Jensen. He is third in LMP2. And starting to get people. Uh, getting into some kind of rhythm and already Jeremy I think when we talk about our Porsche keys to the race uh, tomorrow before the race in our Michelin countdown to green we're going to be talking about traffic tomorrow with 38 cars on this uh, on this grid sheet yeah it's yeah it's a good field here and uh, it... sorry Jeremy go ahead Yes, no, it's a, it's a busy racetrack, this one, at the best of times. And, you know, lots of cars here, super competitive. And it's going to be a tremendous race tomorrow. And great that we've got perfect weather conditions as well this weekend. It's fairly chilly this morning, uh, but uh, I think it's supposed to, to warm up a bit more for tomorrow. But it looks absolutely picture perfect, doesn't it? Air temperature 17 degrees uh, for most of the UK at the moment. We would think that, that uh, even though we're midway through May and heading inexorably towards June, that would be quite warm. We did have a 21 degree a day last week and that was absolutely glorious a track temperature 27 celsius and fahrenheit that's 63 in the air and 81 on the track although humidity showing at a, a rather sticky 80 percent at the moment so not getting the cooling sea breeze coming in 
of uh, Monterey Bay here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. It's Nick Tandy who leads things out at the moment. Uh, and Porsche Penske Motorsports, Porsche 963, number six. Uh, not the only Porsche team here this weekend. Again, if you're just joining us, there the banana boat is back, Jeremy, and great to see John Church and the team back in the top class of, uh, of this series. Yeah, it really is. It's brilliant. I mean, it's a great team that those those colours have become almost iconic in, in IMSA circles. They're running on different cars over the years. And uh, finally, the, the, you know, the first of the, of the customer Porsches to be racing over here is has now been on the racetrack. Uh, but remarkably, we talked about it briefly yesterday, uh, neither the drivers, Timon van, uh, van der Helm nor Mike Rockefeller, had actually driven a 963 prior to yesterday uh, which is which to me is amazing the car did have a shakedown at Visac. I believe Matty Campbell drove it uh, for a few laps there a, for a couple of week, couple of weeks or so ago uh, the team has been busy over at Visac helping build a car prepare it learn all about it learn all the systems on the car because this is pretty much the same JDC Motorsports team that has been running the DPI car the last couple of years they ran LMP3 the first couple of races this season uh, the, it's still Ricky, Ricky Cameron, who is the, the race engineer on this car. There's a couple of extra people that have come on board, uh, plus help from Multimatic and from Porsche, of course, with all the various different systems on these cars. But uh, it's certainly been a very, very steep learning curve for JDC Miller Motorsports. And uh, yeah, they had a few little gremlins yesterday, but uh, got the car out for the final half an hour or so of yesterday's session and now turning laps again uh, already this morning if i'd realized they hadn't uh, had a drive if they'd come across to europe you can you can get a hertz one you can get a hertz 963 in uh, in europe you know that maybe could have just uh, had a weekend higher um, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I keep looking at the back of that uh, bright yellow number five and thinking that there's some kind of uh, small govita coming out of the right hand rear of that car i think that's just dust from the track so I've noticed it from um, a couple of other cars as well as at the uh, corkscrew. We have an off-track moment for Daniel Junkadella for WeatherTech Racing. Mentioned his name earlier on, didn't we, about the uh, lap record for GT3 last year. one twenty-four-nine. Just went straight on over the top of the brow. Uh, couldn't get the front end, the, that big long snout of the AMG GT3. Now the problem there is he sprayed up a whole load of gravel and that's gone into the back of the radiator duct uh, on the top of the engine and they might want to bring him in for that. Just make sure that nothing goes, none of those little stones um, where he might want to. That was the car in which he was sitting when he set that lap record here last year. So three Porsches in the top class. Uh, Two Cadillacs, two BMWs. How is that? Three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, and uh, two Acuras. That makes our nine that we have this weekend. And a great to see uh, that. Christian Reed and the Proton organisation. They are the third of three private ear teams who are getting the 963. They've got their car. Um, I believe they have their car for IMSA, and we may well see that debuted at the Sealands six hours of the Glen. John Heinoff, Jeremy Shaw in the booth down in the pit lane, it's Shea Adam where are you Shea? 
with Catherine Legg, one of my favorites. And Kat, we come back to this place, which I know is one of your favorites, a pole position here. Still the only woman to ever get pole position in an IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship race. Got the race win as well. So what's it like when you come back to WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca in an Acura and think, hey, we're on for a podium here. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Um, no, it's great to be back here. You know, the car does well here traditionally. Um, it's a track that kind of suits the Acura a lot. It suits me. I love it. You know, we finished second here with Andy Lally in the first year that, that we ran here. And then we won, won the following year. So hopefully we can do something special this weekend. Uh, lo looks good, looks positive so far. And Sheena's getting up to speed really well. So fingers crossed. It's an event that draws a lot of attention for you because of all the special memories. But you've got so much coming up after this weekend. How hard is it to focus and concentrate on what you have to do now? It's, um, it's been a lot, but it's an opportunity that I'm super grateful for and I'm really looking forward to. It's, um, it's going to be nice next week, honestly, when I get to Indy and I can forget all the auxiliary stuff and just focus on the driving. When you come here in the Acura, where is this car best around the circuit? Where do you feel the advantage over all the other GT3 cars? That's a tricky question, honestly. Um, I don't know specifically it, de it depends on the brand as well like you could be following a mercedes and it's, it drives totally different to the porsche for example but i think that what this car does well is break in, in braking and like the the phase just before the corner apex where we're able to carry quite a little bit more speed so i think probably there more than anything you know we're still we're still not as fast as some of the other cars in a straight line but it's agile and it's light so i think uh, i think We'll, we'll be in good shape. Is there any chance they put you in for qualifying to go for another pole, please? You know, we've been discussing that. Like, we've been thinking about different ways of doing it. Like, you could have the pro star at the am in the middle and the pro at the end. But what happens if there's a yellow and they don't reach drive time? Um, what happens if there's not a yellow? Um, you know, the, it's just maybe we've got to focus on doing everything that we know right rather than going for glory and trying to do something clever and special. So I'm going to go with a probably not, although I'm advocating for, <laughs> for my ego right now and trying to get the pole. <laughs> I'll advocate for you too. Kat, good luck this weekend. Thanks very much. Always a smile on Catherine Legg's face. You don't have to see the pictures uh, for that. You know it. You can hear it in her voice. And what a great opportunity for her at the Indy 500. And we wish her all the best in that. Always good to see people that we know from our sports car paddocks doing well in other forms of the sport. We have got just over an hour remaining in this one, an hour and seven minutes thereabouts. And this is free practice too for the IMSA WeatherTech Championship, Sport with IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. We're at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, and it is the Motul Corsa de Monterey, powered by Hyundai this weekend. And team settling into some decent work now, a 15-4 Jeremy Shaw, last time around. Uh, that is a new... Uh, sorry, it's a new GTP uh, record at the moment, but that is faster than the race lap record last year for, for DPI. Yeah, it certainly is. That's a great lap there from Matty Campbell. Uh, 115.493. That, uh, that is not hanging around at all, is it? A full 
uh, 1.2 seconds faster than he managed yesterday to set the fastest time in that Porsche Penske Motorsports Porsche 963 number seven. Uh, brilliant lap there. He's, uh, he's well clear of everybody else. His teammate is in second place at the moment, Nick Tandy, and one. 17.1, so more than the second half faster. Great lap from Maddie Campbell, particularly in the middle of the session when there's, you know, there's still quite a few cars on track. Uh, the, the final few minutes of this session, they'll finally get a chance to run on their own uh, with the, uh, the GTP cars along with GTD uh, Pro. But uh, to set a lap time like that at this stage, wow, very impressive from Matt Campbell. I've got to talk. If I'm going to talk, I better uh, turn my microphone on, hadn't I? Uh, Guido van der Garde is getting a set of sticker Michelins, uh, says Shay, uh, uh, in my ear. Sorry, Shay, did I mishear that? Go ahead. Who was that getting stickers? Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I misspoke. It's Francois Hirot. It's uh, his co-driver for Guido. So this is a mock qualifying run for the 35 TDS LMP2. Wow, that's early in the uh, session for for that. We're still uh, just over an hour and four minutes to go. Let's have a take a look at the times in the classes. GTD, it's the Forte Racing powered by USRT Lamborghini Huracan. Uh, and that is the number 78. Laura Spinelli in the pits in that car at the moment, 124-1. And in GTD Pro, Gilles Gounon is behind the wheel of that number 79. So he's taken over from Daniel Juncadella after Danny J had a little off at the top of the corkscrew 124.719 P2 Ed Jones is just taking out the high class racing number 20 and that is the car that's posted the fastest time in LMP2 117.763 uh, and at the moment at the top of the timing four different uh, GTP uh, four GTP cars excuse me as Philippe Nazar has just jumped into the number 7 Porsche Penske Motorsport Porsche 963 Nick Tandy is out in the 6 car uh, Renga's in the pits for Cadillac 01 and so is Nick Yellily so where are the other GTP cars ah, Philippe Albuquerque for Koninklijke Minolta Acura in the blue and black number 10 is down in 11th overall 16th class, Alex Sims for Whelan in the 31 uh, red, white and black Whelan engineering car, then it's uh, Timon van der Helmer for JDC Miller, the all yellow number five, and Philip Engs in the pits for the number 24 BMW. Quite a lot of dirt and debris uh, out on the circuit, so much so that one of our onboard cameras is going to need a bit of remedial work at the end of this. The glass in front of it, and it was the number 14, uh, Jack Hawksmith driven Vassa Sullivan car um, with a nasty bash with a bit of the gravel that came up, nothing worse than getting that thrown towards your windscreen or your headlights. Got a crack in the 968 fog lamp. Exactly that happening, not here at Laguna Seca, I hasten to add, it was on the A14. But I know, know how easily it could happen. Although in fairness, Jack wasn't following a, a, a tipper truck that obviously was shedding gravel out the back of it. It was an LMP2 that was throwing up a load of gravel in front of him. Instead, it's been a brilliant brilliant uh, to watch Jeremy and you alluded to it a little bit earlier on to watch the development of this Lexus program with the the GT3 car uh, with the RCF GT3 had a couple of sort of false starts uh, with their GT3 program then this car 
starting to be developed, coming to the end of its life now. But what a journey it's been for Lexus. And, and they've said quite openly that they're, they're not leaving GT3. They've got unfinished business. And before they even think about GTP, they want to finish their business in GT3. And I say fair play to them for that. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely right. And uh, they're, on, they're on a fabulous streak at the moment. Uh, both cars, the pro car and the non-pro car on the podium at Long Beach. There's a win for the uh, GTD pro car of Hawksworth and Barnicut. And yeah, that, 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 uh, that team is really on a on a great street right now. They've had seven podium finishes dating back to, uh, I guess it was Limebrook, wasn't it, last year. Uh, so a tremendous end to last season and beginning to this for Jack Hawksworth and Ben Barnicut. They were uh, third at Daytona to begin the season and second at Sebring and then a win last time out at Long Beach. We see uh, the Windward Racing Mercedes. They've, by contrast, have had a very difficult uh, start to the season. Off the road at turn six, but back on again. Just picked up a bit of dirt, but nothing more than that for who's driving that car at the moment. That's where they had the big off last year and absolutely destroyed the car. That's Philip behind the wheel. And he is, well, again, went off at six. Nothing happened. I mean, that's a he a, almost a headline uh, in itself. Down towards the hour to go. Uh, so 45 minutes for the non-pro category cars as Nick Tandy picks his way through traffic and begins to climb the hill from turn five, assiduously making sure that his four Michelin stay on the track. That has been monitored very, very carefully for track limits there with that new uh, uh, tarmac runoff there. The track hasn't been re paved as yet but it will be as soon as possible after this race uh, but what what has happened in and the, the track has told us in trying to stop the landslips and the mudslides onto the track there are some tarmac areas that sort of beveled away from the track to try and stop that happen happening and take the any mud or water down to the drainage areas at a couple of key places on the track uh, up from five to six and down uh, from the from rainy curve down towards uh, turn number 10 on both on driver's right actually mostly is where you see that it's very noticeable actually once we get uh, pictures later on in the week uh, on our international tv feed uh, you'll see it because the tarmac is so much darker of course when the whole circuit is uh, repaved, it probably won't stand out quite as much. I'll be interested to see if those wider runoffs stay off or stay there, or whether, in fact, the uh, the track surface gets a, a little bit of camber towards the edges. Interesting to see what the engineering of that will be. Philip Albuquerque behind the wheel of the number ten Acura. That's right. A couple of improvements lately, John, including Philip Albuquerque, who's jumped up into fourth position. In at number 10, uh, Konica Minolta Cadillac. He's turned a 1 minute uh, 17.4 now. So still there's a, a full 1.6 seconds between the time set by Maddie Campbell in car number 7 and the rest of the field led by his teammate, uh, car number 6, which is Nick Tandy, who set that time. But the rest of the uh, GTP field, uh, well, well, the next five at least, covered by what, three, well, I guess half a second. Uh, but uh, Renga van der Zander is only a tenth and a half behind, behind Tandy. Albuquerque snuck in just behind 
the time set by Van der Zender and then the two, uh, well, one of the BMWs, which is Nick Yellowly, was on a 117.5. 117.7 also for Alexander Sims, who also improved a little while ago. And he's just ahead of Alec, uh, Ed Jones, fastest the LP2 cars, uh, also at a 117.7. That was a great lap by Ed Jones. Uh, improvement there for, for uh, Tom Blomquist. Moves up into right behind Ed Jones at a, an almost identical time, a 118.8, 117, excuse me, 841 for Dom, Tom Blomquist in car number 60. It's a pole sitter from last year. Lovely and sunny at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca down by the coast. Carol Brink telling me damp, chilly and foggy. Can't even see the sea, which uh, is very unusual for uh, for that. It's usual for down there. Well, it's it, yeah, well, Carol's house has got a great view of the sea, so normally you can see over the top of the fog and still see the sea. Oh. <laughs> to, be, to be honest, big sideways moment and gravelly moment for the number 31 of Alexander Sims in the wheel and engineering car. That's the Cadillac that is red at the front and black at the back. All the Cadillacs have the same uh, livery theme, I think we should call it, uh, with a, 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 a solid colour at the front, fading into a kind of a dark grey at the back. And uh, so we have the gold front at zero one. Uh, we've seen, of course, the blue fronted car as well, which is currently the uh, the number six, uh, the excuse me, the number two zero two, which is in WEC yeah. competition. And the thirty one wheeling car is the uh, the red uh, fronted car. Yeah, and those three colours, John, uh, it's no coincidence those colours no. because that, that, those are the colours are incorporated into the uh, insignia uh, design of the logo for uh, the Lamborghini's uh, V-Series cars. Excuse me, yeah. What did I say? <laughs> You're thinking what ahead to work with Brian. What did I say? You said Lamborghini. Lamborghini, yeah, yeah. Sounds really. a bit like Cadillac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, d d d by the way, did we talk about the... the Fastest in GTD mm. is the Forte Racing by yes. US Racetronics car, number that, 78. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, Loris, yeah, 124.124 for Loris Spinelli, uh, the Italian there. Uh, that's uh, that's a good lap time. That's faster than the, the lap record, the, the race lap record for GTD, which stands to Frederick Schandorf last year, 124.6. So a full half a second faster than that for Loris Spinelli this morning. That's, that's, that's where the Lamborghini thought came from, by the way. There's that uh, the arrow car, the green and black car, heading now down uh, towards turn five and then up the hill. So uh, again, that, that team's you know, new full-time to the WeatherTech series this season. It'll be Loris Spinelli sharing that car with Michel Goikberg has been around driving all sorts of different cars over the years. Great enthusiast he is. Still races Formula Ford cars, by the way, from time to time, does ah, Misha? Good. I don't think Loris does, but uh, Misha certainly does. And uh, But a uh, really good run by that team. So fastest at the moment by a couple of tenths of a second over Frankie Montecalvo, again, who's shown us setting the fastest time in the number 12 Vassar Sullivan Lexus, as indeed he did yesterday to set the fastest time of the day in GTD. That's Frankie Montecalvo. Uh, 79 WeatherTech car being pinged for track limits at turn nine, at uh, turn five, as uh, was Aaron Tealitz for Vassar Sullivan in the number 12 car. Uh, now, I was about to say something uh, more interesting than that, and now it's gone out me head. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm, uh, don't forget you can get in touch with us here at 
IMSA Radio on Twitter. That's what I was going to say. Uh, I've been uh, looking at uh, a couple of your comments coming in. Thank you very much indeed. At IMSA Radio on Twitter brings you straight into the Global Broadcast Centre. So, few people taking this opportunity. I'd say about a third of the field, maybe closer uh, to a half of the field now in the pit lane with, uh, what have we got? Uh, 50, call it 53 minutes to go for the pro classes. Take 15 minutes away from that for the non-pro classes. Because yeah, they're just about halfway through the session, yeah, aren't we? Exactly. In total. Yeah, in total. Just coming down to that. Um, remember the uh, LMP2s and the GTDs got their own little 15 minutes out on track on their own to start with. BMW number 25 in the pit lane and getting some attention from the right hand side with a, one of the BMW team, BMW M team RLL engineers uh, leaning in. That was a snooker shot. It would be a foul. He hasn't got one foot on the ground, does he? <laughs> really needs to get his right foot down. Shea Adams on her way there. And she'll tell us what's going on. I don't like the fact he's got wire clippers there as well, though, Shea, sitting on the uh, on the right-hand side of the number 25 car. We'll, uh, we'll wait to see what Shea says when she uh, gets down to that car. Yeah, that's not good news, is it? That's the car, actually. He's got the, the better time at the moment. Nick Yellowley's done, or that car's done 16 laps before it came back into the pit lane. The 24 car uh, was a little later on parade. Philip Eggs out in it now, though. Uh, he's just completed his 12th lap. But a couple of seconds, uh, or a second and a bit, should I say, away from his teammate. 119.4 to... Uh, yeah, one eighteen four. So a second. Yeah, pretty much exactly a second away from Alex Sims, uh, and yeah. uh, from uh, excuse me, from uh, uh, the twenty-five of Nick Yellowley's time, one seventeen uh, seven. Yeah. So as I said, about a second and a half. Yeah, and that sister card number twenty-four car just said his best lap, uh, Philip Eng. He'd only completed twelve laps in this session, though, so he spent some time uh, clearly on the pit lane as well, but uh, out now and uh, turning some good laps. As he uh, he was yeah, just gone up to he just uh, gone green sector first sector on this track so going faster again now is Philip Ingham's here to go around the outside of a car up at the corkscrew that's Ryan DL's just taking the Air Remote Sport number eighteen car out by the way if you trackside or further afield don't forget Andy Blackmore has once again done his marvellous work for the IMSA Spotless Guide you can get it from IMSA.com or from uh, Spotter Guides Andy's site just look it up just look up Andy Blackmore Spotter Guides and uh, it'll pop up uh, get that printed out in a reasonable size before you start watching the World TV which we'll have for you from qualifying later on today whether you're here in the States or further afield no subscription no break and no blocks. And then tomorrow, if you're outside the US, we'll have full flag-to-flag -flag uninterrupted commentary for you uh, from here at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. Uh, I know that for those of you in the UK, we've added a new broadcast partner this year, Viaplay. Have it on their Viaplay Extra channel, which is a free-to-air channel via the 
Sky satellite platform. A, a, a quick note on that, I checked through earlier on today and they're showing that uh, the race in full but on a tape delay. So that won't be on until six o'clock on Monday morning. So uh, if you uh, want to know what's going on you and, and watch the live feed live, uh, which actually we finished quite early on Sunday afternoon, don't we, Jeremy, at, uh, in terms of the, the race time? This is the first 2.40 of the year. Uh, then you can get onto uh, imsaradio.com and click the live video button on the top right or watch via imsa.tv. We, we're finished sometime just after after 2 in the afternoon, aren't we, uh, Pacific right. time? Yeah, almost three. Yeah, T race begins at twelve ten. Yeah, green flag supposedly. So yeah. uh, finish at two fifty. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, so yeah. So that's only ten early. to eleven uh, here in the UK. So that's uh, that's not bad for a Sunday night. Get yourself your favourite takeaway in. Settle down. Possibly have a beverage or two. Possibly of the adult variety. Settle yourself in and uh, and watch that. Alec, Alec Yudel. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm going to be doing. Oh, no, I can't. I'm rather busy at that point. <laughs> uh, Philip Eng, by the way, continues to improve his time. He, he jumped up into about you know, six or seventh, I think, on that previous lap. Now got up to a second position, though, for that BMW car number 24. One minute 16.153 for Philip Eng, uh, the, the Austrian there. So it's just uh, about six tenths behind that stunning lap set earlier by Maddie Campbell. So really good pace being shown now by these GTP cars. First time out, of course, just uh, to put things into perspective, the lap record, the race lap record for GT, uh, for, for DPI, set last year by Tom Blomquist uh, at a 115.5. So uh, uh, Maddie Campbell's gone a little bit quicker than that already in this session and Eng's yeah, not too far off it either. Adam Di down Filippi in the pit lane. just left the pit lane, has he, John? Yes. Who, sorry? It's Conor Di Filippi in the other BMW. Yes, that, just left in the 25. Let's, uh, let's head down there at the moment. Cheer Adam. To talk to his teammate, Nick Galilee. Now, there are a lot of new schedule, new tracks on the schedule for you this year, but I'd imagine that WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca was one you had circled as uh, an exciting track to come to. Does it live up to your expectations? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, the court crew was something I've wanted to drive for years and years, and now I've had the chance to do that, so that's pretty cool. Um, I didn't realize actually how much tire dig this uh, specific circuit can create, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's still super fun, particularly on, on new tires. Um, so looking forward to the race here. I think as a track in general, it seems to be harder than, than Long Beach in terms of driving, uh, and for the cars on tire dig, of course. So yeah, well, really looking forward to it at least. You're a big sim guy. How much more of a roller coaster is this in person? Yeah, quite a lot more, particularly the court screw. You don't realize how big the undulation is until you actually walk down it for the first time on Thursday. Um, but yeah it's, yeah, it's really quite steep. Also, you don't realize from, from the court screw down to turn nine how much it continues to go down. But um, yeah, now I realize, and it's uh, all the more better for it. Big smile on your face when you're talking about that. Uh, BMW, the only GTP manufacturer not to win yet this year. Why are they going to get it done this weekend, and why is it going to be your car? I think there's a general trend of progression. Uh, it seems to be that we're putting pieces together bit by bit. I think we've been really in Long Beach. I felt that we should have had a go there. Um, so we're definitely close, and it's just a matter of everything falling together for us, which, yeah, at some point I'm sure it will.
the consistency's there, and the good news is training in the right direction, as you said. So good luck this weekend. Yep, thank you very much. Exactly right. We'll keep pushing, and hopefully we can be on that step soon, you know. Nick Yalali with Sheer Adam down in the pit lane. Half an hour to go, 30 minutes to go for the non-broadcast, 45 minutes for everyone else. Philippe Nazar continues to lap in the Porsche Penske Motorsports number seven, the 963, into the pit lane for Philip Eng in the BMW M Hybrid V8 number 24. Uh, times at the moment about, oh, actually not, he, uh, Philip was actually pretty close to that car's fastest time. Everyone else's times have gone out a, a wee bit, which makes me think they're doing slightly longer runs. But again, the BMW, it's the other BMW, making sure that the, we've got an engineer inside the car. That was Belts that was, I think, an issue there for Philip. I just wonder if he's, uh, his shoulder belts had slipped off his hands device there. Uh, in fact, no, it was a driver change, Shea Adam, was it not? Hello, Shea. With Nick Yellowly at the other end of their box, uh, they were getting ready to put Augusto Furfus in the car. And Augusto has raced here before in the IGTC race, uh, the eight hours. I think he did a couple of starts, actually. But Philip Bank, he's another newbie, and he's another sim guy. So he's got to have those big eyes that Nick was talking about with the uh, difference in actually driving here as opposed to theoretically driving here. If you're watching the uh, timing via our colleagues at, uh, at Alcamel, uh, you may be wondering why the GTD pros are spread out relatively evenly, actually, through the GTD field. Uh, this is, some, by the way, lifetiming.alcamelsystems.com forward slash IMSA if you want to follow along. And there's a tracker as well uh, on there, as well as a race control feed. Uh, we, we've noticed this for quite a while now, Jeremy. The GTD pro cars seem to take things much easier uh, at the early part of the week. They do, don't they? Yeah, it's curious that. It was the same in the GTA, uh, GTLM days as well. We didn't see how fast the GTLM cars for the factory teams really were until it came down to qualifying. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it seems to be the same in, in GT. It's carried over into GTD Pro. But, uh, yeah, they are competitive and uh, they will be uh, knocking on the door uh, in the qualifying session this afternoon, of course, at Long Beach. Well, think of the bit of change to the regulations for this year for GTD non-pro. It you always used to have to be the, the silver or bronze right. rated drivers so off there for the uh, vault racing Porsche coming out of turn uh, nine, but no harm, no foul, he's carried on. Uh, it used to be that the silver or bronze rated driver had to qualify and start the race. That's not the case anymore. Uh, so, uh, any driver can, can, in GTD can qualify. He does still have to start the race, and that was the case for Marco Sorensen yeah. last time out at Long Beach. Uh, for, for, was a, a non-pro driver on the pole and started the race. Interesting strategy for that team last time out, and it was interesting to hear Catherine Legg's uh, comments about that very subject when she spoke to Shay just a little while ago. It's Alan Brynjolfsson, by the way, behind the wheel of the 77 bright highlight a yellow vault racing Porsche he was so far off at turn nine rainy curve that he's actually over the new uh, tarmac there and still managed to find the gravel but kept it pointing in the right direction and uh, has brought it down the hill and, and continued 
Just looking at other improvements. Eric Lux for Rick Ware Racing in Orica. Uh, improved last time around. Renga van der Zander is off at the Andretti hairpin and will pick his way back onto the circuit in order not to impede anyone else. Very nicely done for Renga. Looked like just a little bit again of an outbreak in going down in uh, what is effective. Well, it's numbered turn two, but it's the first proper corner of certainly the first proper braking area. Wonder if he just lost the rear end over the brow at turn one, breaks from the proper side of the road and just doesn't really slow down. There's a bit of new tarmac there as well, I've just noticed, on the outside yeah. uh, of that corner. And that probably helped him actually scrub a bit of speed off rather than just bouncing across the uh, the sand and gravel. Uh, but it was a... Um, Unconventional uh, and probably suboptimal line uh, around <laughs> number yeah. number two. Uh, the new Aston Martin Vantage of Andretti Autosport has only done seven laps, and that number ninety-four is still in the pit. So I know Shea's listening. We'll dispatch Shea, to, uh, and in fact, Shea has already got some news. Uh, on that, uh, quick spin for the high-tech number 20 red and white prototype with the polar bear on the side. Uh, Shea Adam, uh, you in fact have not seen the Andretti Autosport machine for quite some time. What's going on down there? No, I went down to their pit box uh, a long time ago now in uh, perspective and there was nobody there. They are back in their garage and I can't actually get to their garage from uh, where I am on the pit lane because they're not in the solid garages that there are they're back in their pop-up tent if you will with their uh hauler so that car has been there for quite some time and they didn't get very many laps yesterday either so a bit of concern for andretti debuting their new car this weekend and uh, the spin thank you Shea, and the spin for the high, high class racing car was coming out of the pits and cold rear tires spun up and spinning to drivers right Dennis Anderson behind the wheel of that car. Uh, Dennis just getting a little bit excited. That is the car that's put the fastest P2 time in, Jeremy. Indeed so, with uh, Ed Jones earlier in the session, a, a stunning 117.763 for Dennis, which is quicker even than uh, Louis time from yesterday. It was only, you know, I mean, he's still quicker than Tom Blomquist in, in this session, is, is uh, Ed Jones. So, uh, remarkable lap by him, but uh, Dennis... No harm, no foul. He's got it going again now. Should be, uh, should be fine. Going to find another car coming past him, coming down the hill into turn ten, which he lets go through cleanly. And now we try and get himself up to speed. Just interesting. Certainly in in GTD, still it's still the Lamborghini fastest. Loris Spinelli in the Forte Racing with US Racetronics. That's the Arrow, the Arrow uh, green and black car, kind of a 78 fastest from the the Lexus, kind of a 12. Frankie Montecalvo, then the Porsche. Uh, well, one of the Porsches, number 92 car for uh, Kelly Moss with Riley. That's uh, Julian Andlau that set, set that time. Those three cars covered by about uh, three tenths of a second. Then it's the best of pro cars, which is the Mercedes, and then a BMW of uh, Robbie Foley, the car number 96. So Lamborghini, Lexus, Porsche, Mercedes, and BMW, top five different manufacturers in GTD. Uh, just a couple of positions back is the best of the Aston Martins. That's Alex Riberas in the pro car, number 23. Shea Adam is down at the number 77 Wright Motorsports 
uh, Porsche pits. That's the Vault Racing machine. Alan Brynjolfsson has just come into the pits. Uh, she's talking with his teammate, Trent Hinman. It was the right Porsche that won this race in GTD last year, but it was also you guys winning the race in Pilot Challenge. So, Trent, it's got to be a great feeling to come back to a place not only where you've gotten two wins in GS, you've gotten a pole in GTD before, too. It is a nice feeling, Shay. And I will say one of my favorite things about last year is when both the 16 and the, well, we were the 7 back last year, right? But when both our cars got back to the shop, the team took a really cool picture with both both the trucks, both the trailers, both the cars. And you had that really cool contrast of the day glow, both yellow, and the blue on the 16. And just all of it together looked really, really cool, really proper. Um, so we want to do a little bit more of that this weekend. We want to take uh, some more nice team pictures like that with, with a bit of hardware. So we're working hard to chase it. Uh, still have some work to do for sure, but um, really proud of all the uh, all the development, all the hard work that the Wright Motorsports guys are putting in. Obviously, Alan's always doing a great job, and we're going to continue trying to improve. It's a new car, so I understand that there's not a great amount of data that you can bring over from last year's winning setup, but is there anything that translates? It's hard for me to say because, to be fair, you know, my time in the uh, in the previous generation GT3R was I wasn't so close with it as yeah, I am. still got a pole here, though. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I guess a bit of ignorance is bliss there more than anything. Um, but, yeah, trying to recreate the feeling that that car would give you is, is more or less what we're after here. There's so many different tools that we have in our box now with this car. It's really great, but you find yourself, um, you know, maybe twisting some knobs that aren't yielding the results that you necessarily want. So um, it's a learning experience. Every lap we're, we're gaining data uh, some better some for worse but either way you're learning when you come back to a track where you and Alan but more importantly for Alan has gotten a win before in the past do you see a difference in him as his coach well absolutely I mean just as uh, as this year you know to start right he rolled into this with a, with a ton more confidence and um, just way more relaxed than I've ever seen him and that's really I think proving um, that he's at a much higher level in his driving than he was in years prior so Last year was good validation for him that all of his work, all of his effort, all the time that he spent doing this has paid off. And, um, you know, now we're in WeatherTech, new championship, new sort of chapter of the story for us at Volt Racing. But ultimately, um, you know, fortunate that we've all got the success in the past and the confidence to carry us to this point. Good luck this weekend, Trent. A lot of people cheering for Red Motorsport number 77 Porsche. Uh, I hope so. Thanks to all those folks, and thank you, Shay an incident for uh, Mathieu Jaminet a moment or two ago coming through turn 10 the penultimate corner the left-hander coming down the hill ran out a curb and dropped the right rear uh, check that left rear on that right-handed corner off the edge of the curb and into the dirt and it's pulled off quite a large piece of carbon fiber behind the rear wheel um, a very small mistake, nasty bump still in the middle of turn 10 that might have put the Frenchman off line. He's on the kerb, he's on the kerb, then he goes over the kerb and basically bouncing over the kerb, grounded out the right rear corner of that car. Now, he, he was too close to come into the pit lane that time around, but Shea Adam, he's coming on the next lap and that's quite a big bit of bodywork that's been ripped away from the left rear of that car. Well, 
it is. And what's almost worse is the little bit of unceremonious dragging of a thin cord of the little bit that remains. So it is a, a lot of damage to the back of that car. So red flag is now out. I'll let you know when I get up there, John. He is the second pit box by dint of being, uh, first pit box by dint of being leader in the championship. So it's a little bit of a ways to go for him too. Yeah, didn't get a chance, Jeremy, to come in straight away because he was committed uh, to coming back across the road into the final corner. He's coming the next yeah. time around. The rear deck's off. Uh, just goes to show, doesn't it? What fine margins uh, that is. That's a little bit of lesson learned for Mathieu Jaminier there because you can come in and get that sorted out here in, in free practice. You wouldn't want to do that in the race. Yeah, you certainly wouldn't. You're absolutely right. There's a lesson learned there. I mean, he just, you know, just straight a couple of wheels off there, just carrying a lot of speed through that, that uh, right-hander. And it was the, just, there's a bit of a drop off there, the other side of the, uh, of that outside of that curb before we get onto the dirt, which has been so, you know, ground away from people doing it over the years. And he just caught it in a rotten, just wrongly and just ripped off that whole left rear corner of the bodywork. And, you know, I mean, I hate to see damage being caused by, to cars. Don't get me wrong here, but, uh, I go back to, to the, the changes they, that the track has made here on, on the exit of turn five and, and turn nine coming down the hill uh, where it's now paved on there so this problem doesn't occur. But it also, you know, there's your track limits. If you're going to exceed the track limits, that should be the consequence in my, in my mind. Um, consequence I, without I'm not catastrophe. To, I'm not, I don't want cars to be damaged. No, no, no. But I want there to be consequences of drivers making a mistake. Uh, and um, yeah, that's a prime example of it, isn't it? Yeah, don't disagree with that. But I, I, I will, for for this for the sake of balance, uh, the the extra uh, the extra hard standing uh, off the edge of the curbs uh, is it, not for for track. It's uh, it's to keep the the water runoff. Uh, and dirt and wow. mud off the track is what the uh, the, the that, that's been the there for 50 is. years, John. That that you know, that it's just a you know it's a it's a hazard, and so what? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, for the sake of balance, I'm I'm saying what the 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 statement that the circuit have, have, have put out for it. Shea is there at that uh, uh, Porsche Penske Motorsports area of the pit lane. Are the cars pitted together, Shea, or have they been have they yep. done the Penske thing and split them up? No, no, this year they've done the non-Penske thing and pitted the cars together. Uh, it's been the way since Daytona, actually, but the six is ahead of the seven. The good news is that the mechanics, after looking at the left <laughs> rear, have determined that there is no damage to the car. And they've actually added shifts on both sides of the rear suspension, so giving it just a little bit more ride height by the look of it. Uh, so that's the good news for Porsche. And let's keep in mind, Matthew Jaminet, not new to this track, he was on pole and the GTD Pro race winner last year with FAF Motorsports, so he knows which way it goes and he knows how to go quickly around here it is a different experience i'll give him that when you're in a prototype doing well what would it be 10 seconds a lap quicker than you're used to uh at a minimum so that is one aspect but they are going to stick interesting uh and send him back out so he'll go slowly for the first couple of laps so don't read too much into that if you see him pulled offline and going at a much reduced pace for the beginning of this uh resumption when we do green flag lot of gt cars in the go fast lane by the way because that session is about to expire in gtd we've got the 27 heart of racing first in line i think that's still roman DeAngelis behind the wheel then it looks like cat leg behind the wheel of the 66 acura for gradient racing chandler hull is piloting the 97 turner motorsport bmw one of their top 
Automobiles. Then we've got Sebastian Prio in the 80 for AO Racing. Rexy with her little cast on her right uh, left side door, I the cast which that. was signed by the entire team, which is just genius. Then we've got the 32, that is Mike Skeen for Team Cawthorf Mercedes. By the way, it looks like sticker tires for all those drivers as well, or at least they were very new sticker tires uh, before the red flag came out. And then it is, let me see, is that Alec Udell behind well, the 92 Kelly Moss with Riley? I believe it is. And behind them, MSR, the number 60, uh, the 20 for Dennis Anderson, the LMP2 machine, and then the three, and I think I can see the orange helmet from here. That would be Jordan Taylor. So a lot of cars are ready to go and take advantage of the remainder of their sessions. And meanwhile, the 60 and the three are going, yes, yes, please go away. We would like a clear track. <laughs> Thank you, Shea. Shea Adam from the pit lane. Uh, we are under 30 minutes, which is under 15 for the non-pro class. Remember, in the last 15 minutes, it will be just the two pro classes, GTD Pro and GTP. So we will only have 14 of the 38 cars on track for the last 15 minutes engines are firing uh heart racing 27 is first in the line to go out underneath the new bridge not quite finished yet uh, still a little bit of work to do and uh, an awful lot of remodeling uh, being planned for weathertech raceway laguna sega and thanks to all of you who have bought tickets or hospitality or whatever for this weekend. Sales up uh, well over a third for this event. And that's a huge year-on-year year growth. So thank you for supporting WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca and the IMSA event here. So, Jeremy, last 28 minutes. Uh, so just a, a couple of minutes for the... Uh, less than that for there we go we're off now so just under 15 minutes then for the uh, gtds and the prototypes what we're going to see in this last half an hour do you reckon well they're off and running sorry john uh it'll be very interesting for the final 50 minutes in particular to see how the gtp cars how quick they can can go, whether anybody improves on that stunning time set earlier by Matt Campbell. For the GTD cars, the, the non-pros, the LMP2s, yeah, a final opportunity to to get get uh, get themselves ready for qualifying later on this afternoon. Be a busy track now for sure, so difficult to go for really fast laps, but still lots to learn in preparation for the race. And we've talked about it, uh, it's, it's come up in converse, conversation a, a few times already both yesterday and this morning. Tire degradation here is a big issue. So, uh, and, and particularly with tires being such at a premium, just three sets for the uh, prototype uh, teams from qualifying onward for the race. There, there's a lot to be learned about tire degradation in this in the final stages of this session, John. It's nice though, it's been a good, good session up until now, just that one fairly brief full course caution. Hopefully it'll stay that way. And I think a lot has been learned by the teams to get ready for qualifying later this afternoon. Jeremy Shaw, along with Shadow and me, John Hindorf, is your team for the weekend. Plenty to come on this super Saturday with uh, action all the way through into the early evening. And if you're joining us from the UK or Europe, good to have your company. Remember, we will have some sound and vision for you today on IMSA.TV. If you go 
to RadioLeMond.com and scroll down to the bottom, the RS2 schedule. If there's a little TV symbol next to it, that means it's being televised on the world feed. Uh, for those of you in the States, you'll get the Mazda MX-5 races today and tomorrow. You'll also get the qualifying for this series, Simpson Weather Tech Sports Car Championship, as you have that for every single qualifying uh, this season uh, in the States. Not blocked, not geo-blocked in the States with our audio on it. And, uh, there's been plenty of action this year already in the qualifying session. Just a testament to how hard these GTP cars are running at their first ever outing here, Jeremy. They are all running as close to the ground as they dare. Just a moment or two ago, Colin Brown, um, an uncharacteristic eighth for Colin and the number 60 Acura, and, and has a couple of... Uh, a one P2 at least, sorry, between himself and the rest of the, the bulk of the GTP field. But uh, very interested to see how these GTP cars are going here because, because, of course, it's the first competitive outing. I'm not sure any of them have even tested here, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not sure about that either, to be honest, John. I haven't uh, had a chance to, to ask that question of many people. I, I think that often after Long Beach, teams tend to come up to uh, to WorldTech Raceway and, and do a test after that before they maybe go home or, or unless they're going to keep their cars on the west coast here. There's a lot, a lot of travelling involved of course. Uh, so that, that is what quite a few teams often do after Long Beach but I don't know whether they have done so this time. I haven't heard of any I'll, uh, I'll say uh, Shay has uh, been talking to some of the GTP teams what's what's your understanding share of, of whether they've been out here with the new cars share adam down in the pits nope is the answer uh, i checked in with msr and they said no uh and the only running as far as i'm aware since september has been svra who ran here last weekend and we did have some very clever teams from the itamitsu mazda mx5 cup championship take advantage of that but nobody from WeatherTech. That's, and that's, of course, because of the, the track improvements that have been planned. The bridge had to come out and be uh, rebuilt. So, good point that year. There's been very limited uh, running by anybody uh, here. Uh, and so, none of the, the GTP teams have had an opportunity to, even if they'd wanted to. I, I, of course, that makes perfect sense. Thank you, Shit. Uh, Renga van der Zander into the pit for the 0-1 Cadillac. Uh, but we've got all of the other GT P cars out and running at the moment. Still that Matt Campbell time, uh, that Matthew Jaminet time rather, a 1.15.493. It is his teammate Matt Campbell in that Porsche Penske Motorsports 963 uh, at the moment. What a time that was, Jeremy. 1.15.4, still well over half a second quicker than anybody else. Second fastest time set by uh, Philip Eng in that number 24 BMW. That's a similar margin ahead of the third place car. So uh, uncharacteristic gaps between those top three at the moment in GTP. Wow, that was a big snap sideways there for the number 78 uh, Forte uh, race with US Racetronics Lamborghini. Misha Goitbo driving that car just snapped sideways on him. What's that? I'm not 
sure where that was now. Was it turn four? I think so, yeah. I wasn't paying attention that much. I just saw a, a flash of green as the car snapped sideways. But uh, wow, that was a, a good save there by, uh, by Misha. And that is the car that set, has set the fastest time in that class so far today. They, um, uh, I've got to say, I'm already, I mean, we normally have this in here anyway, but definitely going to have to have and the tyres in the Porsche keys to the race in our Michelin countdown to green tomorrow because uh, there, there seems still to be quite a bit of trial and error here from the teams to to find out the best setups. They've, they've done some longer runs before that, that second red, red flag uh, that we've uh, just got rid of. A um, couple of interruptions uh, in this session um, for cars off the cars off the track. And still the number seven Porsche Penske Motorsport 963 high class racing rule the roost in LMP2. It is that forty racing powers by US Racetronics number 18 Lamborghini in GTD and GTD Pro that early lap from Daniel Juncadela in the WeatherTech the white red and blue number 79 at GTD Pro the AMG GT3 so a moment or two ago oh side by side contact the 91 the dark grey Porsche with uh, Alan Metney on board the Kelly Moss Road and Race coming into contact with Juan Pablo Montoya for Rick Ware Racing in the white, blue and green car. Not the first time that uh, Juan Pablo has had his elbows out in his racing career. <laughs> a bit unnecessary in a free practice session, Jeremy. But, um, yeah. you know, Juan Pablo does what well, Juan Pablo does. Well, he does, and he was on a good lap too because he did improve <laughs> his time. Even even with that side swept there, he, he improved his time. He's, he's still actually eighth in LP2 at the moment. But a 119.0, uh, that's within four tenths of the, of the third fastest time in the class. So, again, once again, as it was yesterday, super tight lap times in LMP2. LMP2's been smashing uh, this year. Good to see eight cars here uh, this weekend. Um, possibly not the best choice of words, actually. It's been great, LMP2, um, this season so far. The first outing for them at Daytona was, of course, uh, not a full championship race for the first time. It was just the Michelin Endurance Cup for them and indeed for LMP3. I'm pleased to see that that, uh, that particular formula is going to stay with IMSA for the foreseeable future. Still waiting to find out what LMP2 will look like in ACO rules racing, still no set of definitive regulations for a replacement for the current cars um, when their time is supposed to be up. They've been extended once and there's no... Talk to the guys from Orica um, at Sebring, actually. There's no technical or safety reasons why those cars can't be extended again. Well over 100 Orica's been built now, by the way, for that set of regulations. I, I really hope that we, we keep some variety, even if we get a load of GTP cars. I think it's really important 
to have another prototype category to provide a stepping stone uh, into both the WEC and uh, into IMSA. They're going to go from the WEC, there's no doubt about that. They'll end up as the top class of the LMS and Asian Le Mans series. But here in IMSA, I think, a slightly uh, different imperative. And uh, those cars have been brilliant. And I'm pleased to see such a good good number of them here this weekend, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I think uh, you know, the LMP2 cars have, have been provided some tremendous entertainment over the last several years. And, and good to hear that they will be continuing for next year as well. Just watching the uh, number five banana boat Porsche 963. Hard to, hard to equate that, to be honest. JDC Motorsports running a Porsche 963. That is very cool. One of the you know, smaller teams in the paddock, certainly, but running one of the most sophisticated race cars well, in the world these days, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. These uh, uh, GTP cars, they're, they're, they're fa fabulous technology and, and great to see this team getting the opportunity to do so. I, I think you know, the, the goal, I spoke to John day before yesterday and he was telling me that yeah, the goal for the weekend is run as many laps as they can and certainly that's been the case for that car in this session 38 laps with 39 now completed by time in van der Helm. he's done majority of laps I think Rocky did a few laps yeah he did some he laps did. early on yeah. in the session the first dozen laps or so set the, the time the car's best time so far is behind all the, the LMP2 cars in terms of lap times, but they're not worried about that. They're just learning. I'm sure they're running a, a good long run uh, right now to find out how the tyre degradation is in these GTP cars for uh, JDC Mellon Motorsports. Uh, John Church is the, the JDC of JDC, if you will, and great to see this effort for him, one of the nicest people in a paddock filled with nice people in fairness. We were congratulating Loris Spinelli earlier on for his fabulous time for the Lamborghini Huracan Forte Racing Powers by US uh, Racetronics. 124-124 for the green 78 car. Shea Adam is down in that pit now uh, and is with him. Loris, that was a great lap that you managed to put in the time. Uh, a boating of what we could see in qualifying. Are we going to see you potentially get your first pole today? Yeah, I mean, it was a good lap. It's a shame because uh, I didn't use the real pick of the tire because it's been after the, the safety car, but uh, I felt really good, great effort from the team because, I mean, uh, at the beginning of the year, we struggled a bit with um, the BOP, the setup, but uh, every race is getting better, so I hope to have a good result for the team, for me, and uh, let's see what will happen. This track, especially for Lamborghini, has suited it very well, and you've got experience racing here in the Super Trofeo. How is that carried over? Yeah, I drove a long time with the uh, Super Trofeo, but uh, GT3 is completely different. I come from Mercedes, and uh, it's uh, a different different car, so I need to adapt uh, as soon as possible uh, the my driving styling for this car. I'd say you're doing a great job so far. Uh, good luck later on today. I'm trying to do my best. Let's see. <laughs> Thanks, Loris. Thank you. Have a good day. He's having fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so does that mean he's going to qualify the car? That's interesting. Mm. Uh, you you race engineer there at, uh, at uh, Forte Racing by US Racetronics. Uh, Gerald Tyler, who's been around this sport a long, long time, uh, worked for all sorts of different teams and all sorts of different series, but... Uh, Clearly, he's in, enjoying himself, and um, he, he'll be particularly pleased to see that car at the top of the time charts at the moment. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, it's... Tell you what, John, 
Go ahead. There's, there's another very quick lap there for Maddie Campbell. Uh, just wow. turned a 115.588, did that number seven car. Uh, not quite as quick as the, as a stunning lap he turned earlier on, earlier on but uh, within a tenth of a second. Yeah. So great lap there from Maddie Campbell. And you talked about it just a few moments ago, the, the next best time in GTP, fully 0.66 of a second. So two thirds of a second slower than that number seven Porsche. Wow. They've got themselves dialed in here, haven't they? The six car uh, is still uh, 1.3 seconds away, but we don't know, I'll say, we don't know what the programs are here. Um, oh, hang on a second, problem on the front straights. Let's see. There's a yellow flab, uh, but whichever car it was that was moving slowly has now continued. Uh, it was the Corvette, Jordan Taylor. Now, they had gearbox problems earlier on, and I thought I heard the engine revving there as if it had dropped out of gear or got a false neutral. Um, and as a motorcyclist, when that happens, it's tremendously off-putting. Um, just uh, hope they're not struggling again with that uh, gearbox issue. Uh, hello to Sarah Rigby, who's li listening in, in crew in the UK. Enjoyed the, as you might imagine, enjoyed the interview with Alex Riberas from Heart of Racing. They were in the wars a little bit yesterday. Uh, it was Ross Good, wasn't it, who had the side swipe from another car that took off his left-hand door mirrors. Uh, and the, the the session is over now, isn't it, John? Correct. For, for LMP2 and for GTD. So Thank the you final for 15 minutes, we've got 12 and a half minutes remaining, just GTD Pro and GTP. Actually, very few cars out on the track at the moment, only four or five, I think. Step back I think from... change. Yeah, step... But, of course, the thing about it, the, the, good, the good news is that the, the teams that we talked about earlier on had the tyre allocation for the weekend. Uh, six sets in total for... Uh, the GTP and LMP2 teams, of which, whoa, yikes. That was that's a TDS number 11. Uh, I think that was Stephen Thomas uh, in that car. That that will that will get him um, a talking to. That was a too, too late of a commit in front of one of the GT Porsches. Uh, and by the way, pa uh, Juan Pablo Montoya uh, was charged with incident, incident responsibility for uh, that side-by-side -side at turn number five. Uh, I apologise, it was not the 11, it was the 35. So it was the other TDS car, almost got the wrong side of the uh, BMW number 24, the GTP car, and then cut right in front of Alan Brynjolfsson coming into the pit lane. Yeah, um, JPM charged with incident responsibility. He has been given a warning uh, for that. The reason okay, I thought it was the number 11 was because they got a pit lane uh, speed limit violation uh, recently. Oh. And so I, I thought they're only getting warnings at this point. Uh, so I thought he might have uh, missed the pit lane speed limiter as well. It was uh, Guido van der Garde in the 35 TDS racing car uh, that did that rather late pit commit. How late? He got sand on his tyres getting into the pit lane going across yeah. the median. That would have taken Alan Brynjolfsson by surprise, wouldn't it, certainly? Uh, by the yes. way, J JPM, after, after getting that warning, he, he, he's moved up to third, third fastest time in LMP2, did Montoya before the, uh, the end of their session. So he turned a 118.560. Uh, 
fractionally quicker than Ryan Diel's time from earlier, oh, excuse me, fractionally behind Ryan Diel earlier on, just ahead of uh, Louis Delatraz in the car that was fastest uh, yesterday. just want to revisit what you were saying about tyre allocation, Jeremy, oh, because, yes. because uh, if, you've got a, if you've got a fourth set of unused tyres at the moment, there's no point in them just sitting there. You might as well bolt them on because you can't take them into qualifying and the race. Yeah, that's where I was going with that comment. I thought that. that's where I was rudely really interrupted by that LMP2 car <laughs> diving across the, the gravel. Well, you can thank um, Guido van der Garde for that. Yes. Yeah, they, they, only have, they only have three sets for the, for, the, uh, for the practice sessions yesterday and today, but uh, I, would, I would imagine that they would have saved one to do a, 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 a qualifying simulation now uh, to, to, uh, to prepare themselves for the qualifying proper later this afternoon. Already There's Colin Brown who goes up into third fastest there. A big improvement there for the number 60 car. At 116.3 for Colin Brown in car number 60, the Acura ARX 06. Right, uh, take a step back if you're right on track side at the moment because Matt Campbell's just come out of the pits in the Penske uh, 963, the Porsche Penske Motorsports car. His best is the best, which is uh, 115.493. Philip Eng's just out. Colin Brown, we've just heard, is doing his quickest laps at the moment. Also, Sebastian Bordet for Cadillac Racing. That's an interesting choice. Seb, who's a little bit short of confidence by his own admission, talking to shit earlier on after two very nasty incidents where he's hit the wall. The break-by-wire system taking a bit of getting used to for Seabass. Purple second sector for Colin Brown. Looks like he's going to go to the top here or at least get somewhere close. Needs to find about eight-tenths of a second. Goes across the line now, goes to second. And only the second driver under 1 minute 16. 115.716 for Colin Brown. Just back to the Bordet uh, thing, uh, braking issues. A number of drivers that I've spoken to have said that if you, it, it takes up getting used to this regenerative braking because it's an unnatural feel to the brake pedal. Um, it, it, you're basically, you're pressing the brake pedal and the electric motor is part of the retardation process rather than friction brakes. And they have very, very small friction brakes on the back of these cars. They're all, all of the hybrids work only on the back wheels on the GTPs, whereas, of course, it's, it's exactly opposite on the, the hyper cars. Um, they are front wheels, which has caused them some problems, as we've, we've seen with their cold tyre and uh, torque steer issues. Uh, so it does take some getting used to. Uh, and for those drivers who maybe haven't done Formula E, or um, other formula where they've got hybrid technology built into their braking systems. It is very, very difficult to get used to it. And the other thing is these cars are still in their infancy and they're still working on their systems. The, all the parts are spec, but the software is up to the individual manufacturer. Uh, improvements, Jeremy, whilst I was whittering on about brake pedals. Yeah, it's interesting stuff, isn't it? The technology these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, improvements there for the Heart of Racing Aston Martin in GTD Pro, car number 23. Alex Ribras improved on each of his last two laps, actually. He now goes fastest in GTD Pro, but still behind, interestingly, the three non pro yeah. cars uh, that have, their session is already done. That's Loris Spinelli in the Lamborghini, car number 78. 
Frankie Monte Calvo in Alexis number 12 and Julian Andlauer in the Porsche car number 12. Klaus Bachler. Oh, excuse me, 92. Klaus Backler leaves the pit lane for Faf Motorsport in their Porsche number nine. That's the plaid Porsche with sticker Michelin tyres. So that is undoubtedly, with six minutes to go, a qualifying simulation. I suspect as well that Mathieu Jaminet is doing exactly the same thing for Porsche yeah. Penske Motorsports because he's just put his fastest lap in and everybody closing up on that Matt Campbell time set earlier on, Jeremy. Yeah, 15.745 there for the French from Matthew Jaminet. Uh, Pippa Durrani also improved in his Cadillac, kind of a 31, a 16.3. Sebastian Bourdais, a 16.8 in the uh, 01 car. Last five minutes now. Ricky Taylor, no signs of him going particularly quickly yet. Carlo number 10, language is in seventh position usually at the moment. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not writing those guys off though. Do no. that at your peril, don't you? <laughs> a little bit Absolutely. deep into the Andretti hairpin for the number six, Matthew Jaminet. Keep an eye on his split times as he comes through turn three. Now, I think he's backed out of it a little bit. Yes, he has. He's got traffic ahead of him. And he's decided then just to maybe take a little less out of the tyres. It was the number 31 of people Durrani. Well, not slow moving traffic. Uh, on the front straight, uh, we have the uh, BMW number 25 starting a hot lap for Conor De Filippi down into turn one. And he's got a decent gap. And into the pit lane for Matt Campbell. And I hear with just on four and a half minutes to go share Adam I hear rattle guns I hear wheel guns there Scrub Drubber and Felipe Nasser put behind the wheels so that's interesting because normally this is when we see the mock quality runs well they clearly know how fast they can go and they like what they've seen <laughs> so they're giving Philippe a bit more time behind the wheel with Scrub Drubber that is interesting thank you shit right well, on yeah, top again, of that they only have three sets uh, for yesterday and today so you know, it's not you can't just throw tires at the thing and and do uh, several simulated qualifying runs. Very interesting. Uh, Di Filippi, by the way, did improve on that last lap. Also improved at that now for Pippo Durrani. 115.952 for number 31 Cadillac up into fourth position. Uh, and Bourdais, he, he improved on two consecutive laps, but uh, still down in seventh place in Calibre 01. Yeah, that number seven car with Philippe Nasser just on his out lap as Durrani had to go offline into turn five. Won't have slowed him down too much. Now up to turn six. What a turn in that is now. Durrani's out of it. He's lifted out. You come over the top of that brow. You can't really see where you're aiming at. Then there's the little compression as you turn in. Three minutes and seven, six, five to go in this session it's just free practice so it's not counting for anything but it's really really important information for these brand new GTP cars Jeremy it certainly is uh, and uh, we're certainly seeing it you know, closer now we've got the top four cars now covered by half a second that's two Porsches an Acura and a Cadillac the, the best of BMW is just behind that and the two BMWs actually separated by only a tenth of a second also an improvement again for Alex Rigoras in that uh, heart of racing Aston Martin he now goes uh, he improves his time in GTD Pro and it's now behind only uh, Loris Spinelli's Lamborghini 
So a 124.285 there for Alex Riveras. Second fastest in GTD Pro is uh, Danny Yogadela in Calumber 79, who's just improved himself actually, although not his position. Uh, and uh, that is, they've both been eclipsed though by Loris Spinelli's 124.124. There's improvement for Ricky Taylor, but I think he had to deal with some traffic on that lap. 116.5 for Ricky Taylor, moves himself ahead of Sebastian Bourdais. So, coming up next, we have some bonus coverage for you. We have the qualifying session for Michelin Pilot Challenge, TCR, for 15 minutes and then... Uh, the GS, that's at the grid for later on this afternoon. Oh, another big moment off at the very exit of turn number five. And the number 14 Lexus is doing our track and series sponsor a solid. Um, at the moment, the Lexus is almost looks like a WeatherTech branded snowplow as it comes up to the top and now dropping down through the corkscrew there'd been a little gravelly moment the lap before right on the very edge of the right hand curb on turning but was never going to get around turn five at that speed and uh, jack hawksworth uh not nary a thought of a lift there and uh, <laughs> he's bringing that weathertech banner back down into the pit lane uh, he's taking yeah. it easy now, uh, and I, I'm sure they've been on the phone uh, to him, on the radio to him, and saying, uh, you want to take it easy, guys, because, uh, oh, well done, he's managed to get rid of it as he came into the pit lane without leaving it yeah. on the track. Yeah, and he did improve on his on his previous lap, and he was on a better lap then, he was faster in sector one, was Jack Hawksworth, but uh, uh, that time wouldn't be completed. Improvement, however, for Pippa Durrani, up into second position now, within a tenth and a half, of Matty Campbell's time. It's a 115.642 for Pippo Durrani in caliber 31. Ricky Taylor also improved up to fifth position now in caliber 10 at 115.7. So now we've got the top five cars within three tenths of a second at the front of the field. And the checkered flag is out on this second session. Let's see who could still improve. BMW of Conor de Felipe is going to, well, let's see where he is on the circuit. He's, he's not going into the pit, pit lane. He comes to the final uh, left-hander at turn 11. That would suggest to me he might have a better lap going than his seventh position. 116.2 at the minute, sprints towards the new bridge and comes across the line and did not improve. But by goodness me. 116.259 he had a 116.290 that's why he stayed out people yeah. to Rani is still out there looking to better his 15.642 yeah and it looks to me like John like the, the BMWs are losing their time in the first sector uh, he, it wasn't an improvement for him but 28.7 through that first sector which I think is the exit of turn four isn't it um, from the start finish line and yeah. uh, some of the other cars are doing uh, 28.3 so they're losing three or four tenths of a second a half of their lap time just in that first sector uh, in fact 28.2 is the purple sector time for sector one that was by Maddie Campbell I think earlier on 
uh, and uh, 128.2. So he's losing half a second of his of his seven tenths in that first sector compared to the Penske Porsche. That's Jeremy Shaw. Shit Adam was in the pit lane in his Porsche. Number seven from Cadillac. Number 31 from Acura. Number 60 at the end of free practice two. They were separated by just on two tenths of a second. And LMP2, high class racing, had the best time. But again, only by about half uh, a second. In GTD, uh, Misha Goikberg was in the car at the end. But of course, it was his teammate who put the time in earlier on for the Lamborghini. 124-124. And even with their own little session at the end the heart of racing aston martin and the rest of the gtd pros couldn't get ahead it was the number 23 with the best time of 124 285 uh, we'll have qualifying uh, later on today at uh, just before one o'clock pacific time uh, 12.55 is green flag. We'll have that for you in sound and vision. That's just before nine o'clock in the UK and around the rest of the world. It is all free in sound and vision with the international TV footage for you. Thanks to uh, everybody at the circuit and at Charlotte for making sure we got to speak to you and the rest of the world. Michelin Pilot Challenge qualifying is next here on IMSA Radio. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.